Well, shall we look at Isaiah chapter 23? Isaiah chapter 23. And um, the title of the sermon tonight, I, I like the title. I've given the title this evening, Drops of Mercy in Tyre. Drops of Mercy in Tyre. And if you know anything about Tyre, you think, can anything good come out of Tyre? Well, let's look at Isaiah chapter 29 in this section of Isaiah, which we're calling the Book of Judgment. Let's hear Isaiah 23, uh, first of all, before we launch into preaching from this chapter. The oracle concerning Tyre, that's Isaiah 23, 1. Wail, O ships of Tarshish, for Tyre is laid waste without house or harbor. From the land of Cyprus it is revealed to them, Be still, O inhabitants of the coast. The merchants of Sidon who crossed the sea have filled you, and on many waters your revenue was the grain of Shehor, the harvest of the Nile. You were the merchant of the nations. Be ashamed, O Sidon, for the sea has spoken, the stronghold of the sea, saying, I have neither labored nor given birth, I have neither reared young men nor brought up young women. When the report comes to Egypt, there will be an anguish over the report about Tyre. Cross over to Tarshish, whaler inhabitants of the coast. Is this your exultant city, whose origin is from days of old, whose feet carried her to settle far away? Who has purposed this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns whose merchants were princes, whose traders were the honored of the earth. Verse 9, the Lord of hosts has purposed it to defile the pompous, pride of all glory, to dishonor all the honored of the earth. Cross over your land like the Nile, O daughter of Tarshish, there is no restraint anymore. He has stretched out his, his hand over the sea. He has shaken the kingdoms. The Lord has given command concerning Canaan to destroy its strongholds. And he said, You will no more exult, O oppressed virgin daughter of Sidon. Arise, cross over to Cyprus. Even there you will have no rest. Behold the land of the Chaldeans. This is the people that was not, to Syria destined for wild beasts. They erected their siege towers. They stripped her palaces bare. They made her a ruin. Wail, O ships of Tarshish, for your stronghold is laid waste. In that day, Tyre will be forgotten for Seventy years like the days of one king. At the end of seventy years it will happen to Tyre as in the song of the prostitute. Take a harp, go about the city, O forgotten prostitute. Make sweet melody. Sing many songs that you may be remembered. At the end of 70 years, the Lord will visit Tyre and she will return to her wages and will prostitute herself with all the kingdoms of the world and on the face of the earth. Her merchandise and her wages will be holy to the Lord. 
It will not be stored or hoarded, but her merchandise will supply abundant food and fine clothing for those who dwell before the Lord. So the title of the sermon tonight is Drops of Mercy in Tyre. As we'll give a bit of background to Tyre, again we'll ask ourselves a question, can anything good come out of Tyre? And the scriptures will persuade us the answer is absolutely yes. doesn't mean that everything that comes out of Tyre is, is wonderful, far from it. If Tyre can receive drops of mercy, then I hope that our faith can be encouraged tonight. That you may think of parts of Sheffield, you may think of parts of Rotherham, you may think parts of Sunderland and think, can anything change here or what? And if we look naturally, we think, no, nothing's going to change. But that's because we're walking by sight and not by faith. We're not looking to the Lord. We're, we're allowing unbelief to come into our hearts. And so what we're going to see tonight from the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 23, that, that yes, there's judgment that's coming for Tyre, but it's not just judgment. There's mercy that God gives to Tyre as well. Tyre was renowned to be a center of idolatry. It was a seafaring nation. If you know anything about your geography, it's in modern-day Lebanon, South Lebanon, Gentile territory. You've got two cities nearby. You've got Sidon, and then you've got Tyre. And Sidon's famous because that's where Jezebel came from, and Jezebel religion of Baal worship. You can still visit today the temple where Jezebel most likely would have worshipped Baal and these false idols. And then Tyre is a little bit further south and, and is not much better. But what we learn tonight from chapter 23 is that Tyre was famous for its seafaring industry, as it were. But this industry is completely going to be shaken by the Lord. And it says in verse 1, the oracle concerning Tyre, wail, O ships of Tarshish. For Tyre is laid waste without house or harbor. And the question is, uh, can industries be shaken? And the answer is absolutely. The seafaring industry was totally shaken. And if you'd have read the, the I don't know, uh, the local newspaper, which there wouldn't have been anyway in those times, you would have just had a natural understanding of the industry being shaken. But behind the shaking of that industry was almighty God. His providence works perfectly. I, I myself, I was brought up in a mining village. And, uh, you know, I was brought up at the time when there were uh, pitch battles between coal miners and the police and this industry that had been there for, for decade upon decade upon decade. That God Almighty, it, it put politics to one side, God Almighty shook the coal industry and coal mines were closed all across the country within a, within a relatively short period of time. And people thought the coal industry would, would always be around, but it's not around. And we have to say, God Almighty shook the coal industry. God Almighty shakes industries. And, and nothing absolutely in this world is steadfast and will never be shaken. The Bible says in Hebrews that whatever can be shaken will be shaken. Why? So that only that which cannot be shaken may remain. 
And here this industry, renowned all, not over the whole world, but Tyre was renowned for this, this magnificent shipping industry of, of taking things around the, around the Mediterranean. God said, enough is enough, finished. And so we need to remind her to put our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ because he is a rock who can never be shaken. And I've got three headings for you. Very easy. I've done it so easy tonight that even Oscar can remember real three without making any notes. How's that? And if he can remember, then I hope you can remember as well. Heading number one is tire. Heading number two is tire. And heading number three is tire. Except I've got a semicolon after each one. So <laughs> the first heading is tire. The possibility of faith in Tyre. That's the first heading. Tyre, the possibility of faith in Tyre. Number two, heading number two, is Tyre, a healing in Tyre. And heading number three of Tyre is Herod removed by the Lord in Tyre. So let's get to our first heading. The first heading is the possibility of faith in Tyre. As we've read the Word of God tonight, it doesn't take a lot of imaginations to see that God is going to totally shatter this seafaring city. Um, it says, be, verse 2, Be still, O inhabitants of the coast, the merchants of Sidon who crossed the sea, have filled you on many waters. Your revenue was the grain of Shehor, the harvest of the Nile. You were the merchant of the nations. Be ashamed, O Sidon, for the sea has spoken, the stronghold of the sea, saying, I have neither labored nor given birth. I have neither reared young men nor brought up young women. When the report comes to Egypt, they will be in anguish over the report about Tyre. Tyre was a center of idolatry and of iniquitous living. And God says, enough is enough. Finished. And God's going to shake that industry in Tyre. And so as we get to know about Tyre in history... I'm not here to give a history lesson. My first heading is this, the possibility of faith in Tyre. This prophecy in chapter 23 of Isaiah is 700 years before Jesus Christ comes to this world. And actually, looking forward 700 years later after this prophecy, it's no one less than Jesus of Nazareth who talks about the possibility of faith in Tyre. And if there's a possibility of faith in Tyre, there's a possibility of faith in Manchester. There's a possibility of faith in Sunderland. There's a possibility of faith in some of the most darkest places of Sheffield, which have, uh, you know, and, and peoples who never seem to have responded. So I'm not preaching theory to us, and I'm preaching for our faith to be stirred up for our faith to be provoked, that we look to the living God because it was Jesus who said about the possibility of faith in Tyre. And do you remember, about a halfway through his ministry, he'd been preaching around Galilee in all these little towns and whatever else. The whole area, had in fact, no area had ever seen such perfect ministry in the history of humanity than those towns around Galilee, the Son of the living God, the second person of the Trinity, have been putting his hands on blind eyes and 
eyes were being opened. He was preaching the gospel. You think, this is marvelous. Well, this is what Jesus says in Matthew 11. He says, Then Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Jesus says this, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable in the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will be exalted. Uh, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. You know, we don't hear much about preaching of the day of judgment, do we? And we should hear preaching in pulpits about the day of judgment. Because there will be a day coming when every single human being will be judged by the Lord. It doesn't matter whether someone dies as an atheist, all atheists will be judged. Nominal Christians who've gone to church and yet never put their faith in Christ, they'll be judged. All Christians will be judged. But praise God, if our faith is in Jesus Christ and we're born again and being forgiven, we will receive a judgment of no condemnation, which we sang about this morning. We'll hear, enter into the joy of the Lord. Why? The grace of God. But what about Tyre? Well, we see in 23 verse 1, the oracle. It can also be translated the burden. Whenever you get this Hebrew word, it's, there's a real weight to it. A little bit like the New Testament word of woe, Jesus says. Woe unto you. It's a, it's a similar kind of word. Uh, this oracle or burden or woe. And it's the last thing you'd ever want to hear from Almighty God. But nonetheless, there's always mercy there. There's a possibility of faith in Tyre. And we're going to see about that in a moment. Because these towns that uh, Jesus pronounced judgment upon, Chorazim, Bethsaida, who came from Bethsaida? Peter and Andrew. And yet Jesus is speaking judgment over the whole town. Doesn't mean that Peter and Andrew wouldn't be saved. Capernaum, where Christ based his earthly ministry. And yet Jesus says he commended these towns of these Gentile towns of Tyre and Sidon and said if they'd received the same ministry, they would have repented. Do you believe that? Or do you think Jesus is just speaking nice words? Let me say it again. Jesus says if if Tyre and Sidon had received the same ministry from Jesus, they would have repented. And so he then gives the free offer of the gospel, even though he pronounces those judgments. Listen to these words before we get to our second heading. These are precious words that Jesus speaks. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And listen to the good shepherd. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can there be many words that are better than that from Jesus in the Gospels? And before we move to our second heading, let's just just think about this for a moment. Think of the pastoral comfort for you and I tonight, that Jesus says, come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden. He says, come to me, you'll find rest for your souls. Come to me, those who tempted to bite their nails. You know, you know that feeling? You know, biting your nails, it's kind of like a, uh, an outward sometimes demonstration of, of inner turmoil. Jesus says, come to me. By the way, I can say this because I, I think I was born biting my nails. I've, I've been through everything with my parents. They paint, poly, painted on all this disgusting stuff from boots. Ever had that in your nails? Maybe not, but it's horrible. So I've tried lots of things. I don't bite my nails now, but what I'm just saying is this, is that Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all you are heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. Maybe that's a word for someone specifically tonight here. That Jesus wants you to freshly come to him. That he may give you rest and peace again. Our second heading is a healing, is, is Tyre. That's the heading. Heading number one, Tyre. Heading number two, Tyre. The first heading is the possibility of faith in Tyre. The second one is a healing in Tyre. And this is during the ministry of Jesus. Drops of mercy in Tyre. This, this city that would, would face God's judgment. And now there's a healing. Remember Jesus said the possibility of faith in Tyre. And none of those Jewish people believe that. A Gentile city, uncircumcised, a pork chop eating city, you've got to be kidding. Not a chance. But Jesus is not interested in what our opinions are because he is God. He's the second person of the Trinity. And so a healing in Tyre, the second heading is Tyre, a healing in Tyre, something that's often overlooked in the ministry of Jesus is how much Jesus ministered to Gentiles. Now, we know that he primarily came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But his ministry to the Gentiles began when he set up his ministry in Capernaum. Capernaum was... was on the northern side of the Sea of Galilee, on a major trade route from the Mediterranean Sea all the way across into Persia. Who knows? It could have gone as far as what we call Afghanistan today. It was a major trade route. And the, the Romans thought, this is great. We'll have some of this. So the Inland Revenue set up shop on this major trade route and had tax collectors. 
and saying, whatever you're going to go through on that trade route, you'll pay something to Rome. And there was one such man, a Jewish man, his name was Matthew. He was a tax collector until Jesus changed his life and saved him. But nonetheless, this, this area was known as the Galilee of the nations. It's prophesied in Isaiah. So as Jesus was preaching in Capernaum and everywhere else, no doubt that Gentiles would have got to have known also about the ministry of Jesus Christ. But furthermore, our second heading is Tyre, a special healing or a healing in Tyre. And I want to draw our attention to a particular miracle that's in the Gospels of a woman who was healed in Tyre. And it's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15. And remember the story. Some of you may have memorized the story. I don't know. But it says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Gentile, pork chop, eating city. Uncircumcised idolaters. That's where Jesus goes to. And it says, And behold, a Canaanite woman, that's a, an idolatrous, an idol worshiper, and a woman at that. Behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying to Jesus. What did she say? Have mercy on me, on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now, look at the theology there. The theology is richer from that woman's first cry than all the Pharisees in Capernaum put together. That woman's theology is richer than every Pharisee and Sadducee in Chorazin and elsewhere. Look at what she says. She says to Jesus, have mercy upon me. Have mercy. Mercy is something that you normally receive from someone like a king. And you appeal to a king for mercy. She appeals to Jesus as a king. And it goes on. She calls him son of David. So clearly she'd been hearing about the reports of Jesus. She knows something about what the scriptures said. Because the scriptures prophesy that Jesus the Messiah will be a son of David. And so she's appealing according to Scripture. Can you imagine that? A woman from Tyre. And it says here, uh, but Jesus, he dealt with her in an interesting manner. He did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying after us. Imagine having deacons like that. You know, <laughs> what kind of a church would this be? Imagine this. Send her away. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. How should that woman respond? But it says, she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. What a response. We never read that, do we, in Capernaum, about proud Jews who knew the scriptures, but they were too proud but this woman's not proud, and she's not put off. She comes and kneels before Jesus, and she says this, Lord, help me. What a beautiful phrase for us to be learning of tonight. Lord, help me. How does Jesus respond? 
Well, he answered and says to her, she's on her knees before Jesus. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And it was common knowledge that the Jews would think of Gentiles as dogs, which were very unpopular animals. The Hebrew word for dog, interestingly, is Caleb. We know about Caleb in the Bible. Uh, I like the name Caleb. If God had given us a son, he would have been known as Caleb. But I don't think you would call your child Dog Bidwell, would you? Uh, which is what the translation is. You know, we baptize Dog in the name of the Father. You know, it would be. But that's what the name means. But the point is this: Jesus is drawing faith out from this woman. And how does she respond? She's on her knees and she says, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. I'm not here preaching a sermon on this, though I'd like to. Sometimes Jesus will allow things to get worse before they get better so that faith can be teased out of us. This woman persisted, and Jesus came through for her. Just like Jesus said in Matthew 11, that if people in Tyre had heard that ministry, they would have repented. And part of my goal for us tonight is if God would help us to increase our faith to the possibility of what God may do, can do, for our nation, which is in desperate, desperate need of the help of the Lord, even though most people refuse to recognize that. What a glorious story of the Son of God ministering in this Gentile territory and acknowledging at the end that, that her faith is great there were drops of mercy entire on that day and our third and last heading is tire again herod removed by the lord entire you say drops of mercy yes drops of mercy why in acts chapter 12 there's one of four herods that's uh, actually running around the place. And this Herod is a protagonist of persecution against the church. Saul of Tarsus are being converted, but the devil is always looking for new recruits. You know that. Make sure you're not one of them. He's always looking for new recruits, and now he's got a new recruit. Now Saul's converted, and it's Herod. And on one occasion, Herod orders the beheading of uh, well, not the beheading, beheading well, well, an earlier Herod ordered the beheading of John the Baptist, uh, but this Herod ordered the execution and the beheading of James the Apostle. And it's all recorded in Acts chapter 12. Peter's then thrust into prison, and we're thinking, what's going to happen to him? Is he going to be beheaded as well? Well, Herod was a wicked perpetrator, but God intervenes. And what happens here is that in the city of Tyre, no less, there were drops of mercy again administered by the Most High God. And in this occasion, it's by the removing from the face of the earth 
one of the church's greatest promoters of persecution against the church. And this wasn't, you know, a bit of like, just a bit of bad language, or I don't like you as a Christian. No, this has got action. It's got teeth. You know, it's actually literally killing leaders. And it's most striking, this story, in Acts chapter 12, and it happens in Tyre. It says now, in Acts 12, now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord, and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on the royal robes and took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them. To, him, to them. Where was that? That was in Tyre. So here's Herod sat on this throne with all of his pompous robes, this Christ-hater. Then something happens which is remarkable. The people were shouting of Herod, the voice of a god and not of a man. They're trying to flatter him. And then we read in the word of God, in Holy Scripture, immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last but the word of God increased and multiplied. I remember hearing a sermon in, I think, August 1990. That may have been before some of you were born. But the word of God was just the word of God then as it is now. And I remember this preacher was living in London, and he preached on, gave an over the book of Acts. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, Herod, something unusual happened to him, he said, most people die and they're buried and then their bodies are eaten by worms. But not so with Herod. He was a judgment from God. He was eaten by worms and then he died. And God removed one of the greatest opponents of the church. And then it says, and the word of God increased and multiplied. And all these events happened in Tyre. So there may be judgments, but there can be mercy in the future. We may look out in Sunderland, in Newcastle, in Middlesbrough. Can anything good come out of Middlesbrough? Well, yes, it can. Can God turn things around? Yes, he can. We need our faith to be stirred. We need our faith to be provoked. Our nation is in a terrible mess, but we need to look to the Lord and to look to the Word of God. And here we've seen tonight, in Tyre, in summary, number one, Jesus speaks of the possibility of faith in Tyre. Secondly, we see the healing of this Canaanite woman in Tyre. And thirdly, we see further drops of mercy with Herod removed. Nothing is impossible for the Lord.